we could live our lives every day with that mentality? How much would that change the way that we lived out our day? How often would we talk to people about Jesus? How often would we push aside the sin that we struggle with? How often will we be able to come overcome things in our lives if we came to that recognition that Jesus is coming soon? That's a challenge for each of us as we are singing this song that are we a church that is going to be ready for God? Are we a church that's going to be ready as Jesus comes back if we really lived in the anticipation of that? I think all of us would live our lives differently. You know, I just want to take a moment to pray for that, that, you know, we as, as our church, we as the church as a whole, and that we as individuals live our lives in the way of believing that Jesus is coming soon. So, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you not only came here to the earth and you died and you resurrected, but you say that you're going to come back. God, let us be a church. Let us be individuals. Let us be the church that is in, in anticipation for your return. God, I pray that as we reach people of that and we think of that daily, that our lives would reflect that. Lord, that we would reach people. Lord, that we would love people better. Lord, that we would put aside our sins and our struggles, recognizing that we have no idea when you're going to come. Lord, if we are holding off the choice to choose you, let us recognize that you are coming soon and no longer put you aside. Lord, as we sang that, I pray that it is something that sinks into each of our hearts and we realize what that really means and let our lives be transformed for you, Jesus. So we thank you that we can gather together. Thank you that we can worship you and be excited about you this morning. Be excited about your word. Jesus, thank you. Amen. Man, so you guys doing all right this morning? You guys feeling good after that worship set? Oh, yeah. Whew. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling a little energized. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you, band. You guys did awesome this morning. So one thing that, you know, Tyler and I had been sitting down and we, we talked about is so often we have, you know, we talk about Palm Sunday, we talk about the Lazarus story, we talk about the Resurrection Sunday, but then so often we just skip the part after that. So we wanted to talk about over the next several weeks as we really begin to dive in to what happened after Jesus was resurrected. What happened between the time frame of him walking out of the grave to the point of where he ascended to heaven? So we're going to be spending a couple weeks here, and this series is going to be called The Kingdom of God. And it goes under the scripture of Acts chapter 1, verse 3. It says, He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. 
So we can think about the idea that last week we celebrated something that is so special to what we believe. We celebrated the idea and the acknowledging that Jesus did not stay dead. And because he did not stay dead, that means that we do not have to stay dead. That we can recognize that the, the stone has been rolled away, the tomb is open, we no longer have to wear the burial clothes of our former life, but we can walk out into the freedom that Jesus made for all of us. Man, it's so much fun to recognize that Jesus is still alive with us today. That he did not stay dead. But as Jesus, as, as he raised from the dead, you know, he could have had that moment where he just showed himself to a couple people and then he's like, all right, I'm out. I suffered, I'm good. But instead that he began to, to walk the earth, he began to walk and he was proclaiming the kingdom of God. He was proclaiming that, hey, what you thought I was supposed to be to come and destroy this Roman Empire is not my cause. It was not why I came. It is I came to save your souls. I came to save you, to save you from the sin and struggles that we all have. To establish that Jesus was not just a man, but he was God himself, and he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That is the Jesus that we serve. That is the Jesus that we live our lives for. So the, the, this morning, the title of the message is, I told you. I told you. <laughs> yes, how many times have you heard that in your life? You ever heard, I told you? How many of the times when you didn't listen to what you were told, you ended up, something bad happened? Yeah, it happens pretty frequently. So uh, when I was younger, I was at my aunt's house for a, a holiday meal. We always went over to my aunt Sandy's house for, for a meal. And I was up in the kitchen as they were preparing stuff. It was upstairs and... You know, I was sitting on the dining chair right next to the table, and I started rocking on the chair a little bit. And my aunt and my mom were both like, you probably don't want to do that. That chair is not very strong. Well, of course, I didn't listen. And I kept rocking on the chair, and it decided to go forward. And I slammed my head on the dining room table, and that is why I have a scar right above my right eye. That, yes, that is what's wrong with me, Willie. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, Willie, it's your turn. Come on up, man. Got jokes today. But the whole side of my face was, was literally covered in blood uh, in that moment when I, when I smacked the table. And I can just... Remember the the paper towels and everything as my parent as my mom and my aunt were trying to, to clean me up and it wouldn't stop bleeding because you know if you get a head injury it bleeds a lot. But as we begin to recognize that so often we can be told things in life and we just hear it, but we don't listen to it. 
it can often leave scars in our lives. So that's what this morning is about, is the scars that can be left in our lives when we don't listen to what Jesus has told us. Because we have the Word of God, we have the Bible, and we can read it, and we can, we can hear it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're listening to it and living our lives by it. And Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. So that we need to be hearing what the word of God says. We need to be hearing as we're reading, and not just trying to breeze through it to check a box. So this morning, we're going to be talking about uh, one of the first things that happened after Jesus resurrected from the grave. But let's take a step back so we can recognize that the disciples all walked with Jesus for three years. They saw some really crazy things. They saw people being raised from the dead. They saw Jesus spit in the mud and rub it on a guy's eyes so he could see. They saw him multiply five loaves and two fish to feed thousands of people. We, they saw him touch lepers to heal the, their skin disease. We saw, they saw all of these incredible things. And it's even to the point where John says this at the very end of, of John in chapter 21. It says, this is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things. And we know that his testimony is true, talking about Jesus. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did were every one of them to be written down. I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Think about that for a second. The disciples saw so many things. They watched and witnessed Jesus do all of these incredible things. Even to the point that it's like if everything was written down, not all the books in the world could contain it. Let that sink in for a minute with where we're going. I want to say that most of us in this room probably have had some sort of experience with Jesus. And the reason I say that, that most of us probably had some sort of experience with Jesus is because if you have accepted Jesus into your heart, believing that he is the Savior, that he is the one to come and wipe away your sins and bring you eternal life, if you believe that, then you have had some sort of experience with him to recognize that there is truth in what he's done. Not to just mention the fact that if you have received salvation, but there's people in this room, I know that you have experienced miracles. You have seen things that are unexplainable. You have had a, a, a personal connection with, with Jesus as we begin to worship. You can feel the presence. You can know that he's in the room with us. And it's incredible that we can have those experiences, that we live a life where we have a God that wants to be invested in our lives to allow us to witness miraculous things, to be able to experience his love and his connection for us. You know, maybe in this room you've seen some crazy things happen to other people in their lives, but you don't really see the miracles that God has been doing in your own life. 
Sometimes it's easier to look out and begin to see things that are happening in other people's lives and not recognize the blessings and the miracles and the things that, that God is moving within your life. But think about that with, with the, the disciples. How much did they experience with Jesus? How many miracles did they sit back and watch? How many times did, did Jesus send them out and say, hey, go in my name? And then they came back and they were telling all of these crazy stories of the things that they saw, the things that they did. They, list, or they, they heard Jesus. Well, let's take a look at Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to read uh, two portions out of, out of Matthew here. Verses 21, it says, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. So Jesus is telling his disciples at this time, he's saying, hey, I am going to die, but I am going to be raised after that. So Jesus is telling this, and it's interesting because the next couple verses talk about the idea that, that Peter then begins to rebuke Jesus for saying this. He's only beginning to see the negative in the situation. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm going to die, but I'm going to be raised. And Peter's response is rebuking Jesus for that. One chapter later, it says this in Matthew 17, 22 through 23. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And I love this. They were greatly distressed. Again, they're hearing the portion where Jesus is talking about being killed, but they are missing the point after that. They're missing the point that he's saying, hey, I'm going to die, but yes, I will be raised from the dead. Oftentimes we hear Jesus, but we don't always listen or even believe. So the disciples were hearing this because they were responding in an emotional way. So they were hearing what Jesus was saying, but they really were not listening to what Jesus was trying to tell them. We can read the Bible throughout our lives. We can read and, and try to understand what it says. We're not always going to understand in the moment what we're reading, but when we continue to read, we can, Jesus can begin to talk to us. The Holy Spirit can begin to, to reveal things to us through the Word. But just because we read the Word and, and we're like, man, that was really good, doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to live it out. We can listen to sermons and preaching and we can be impacted by those, those messages and we can leave feeling really, really good about it. Like, man, that changed my life. But the next day, you're back to the same way you were before. 
Because in the moment, we are hearing what's being said. We are hearing the message of Jesus, but that doesn't mean that we are listening and then applying it to our lives. We can have dreams or promptings of the Holy Spirit, and it's God trying to get our attention, and we can be like, man, that dream was so realistic. I feel that God was trying to to tell me something through that dream. We can have the the prompting of the Holy Spirit where we feel something that's dropped into us, and we're like, man, I need to go do something about this, but then we don't. It's crazy that after listening or reading what all of the disciples, what they experienced, the things that they saw, the things that they see Jesus perform, and they couldn't believe that he would be raised from the dead. Even a couple days before, you know, Jesus sacrificed himself, you know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Lazarus and that the disciples witnessed Jesus telling Lazarus to come out of the tomb. They witnessed the dude hopping out in burial clothes, alive, and he had been dead for multiple days. They witnessed it, but yet they still couldn't listen to what Jesus was saying about his own life. This is the response of of the disciples. So Mark chapter 16, verse 14. And in some Bibles, it actually says that, you know, this portion is not in old manuscripts. But throughout time, even into the, the recent 90s, there were portions of, you know, the Gospels that were slimmed down. But the truth is that, you know, even though it was out of some manuscripts a long time ago, God's word still gets through, right? God is still going to allow his word to be heard, his gospel message to be, sp- to be spread throughout the world. You know, it's, I know a lot of us read the ESV, and it, it makes sure to put that note in there, but it's only like, I think it's 99% of manuscripts actually hold this portion. So I just wanted to point that out to you guys this morning. But this is the response of the disciples after Jesus is raised from the dead. And we, we, Tyler talked about last week about the Marys running out to the grave and realizing that he wasn't there. And then they run into Jesus and then Jesus says, hey, go and tell, the, tell my brothers. Go and tell them. This is their response. Mark 16, 14, after he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. So Jesus told his disciples multiple times, I will die and I will be raised from the dead. People, the Mary saw him, ran and began to tell them, and they still didn't believe it. And then further, it goes to the point that it says that the disciples went back and they were out fishing and doing what their lives were like before they had ever met Jesus. So we hear him, but we keep living our lives like we haven't. We can hear Jesus, we can hear the message, it can impact us, we can hear, read the word and allow it to soak into our hearts, but if we keep living our lives the same way than we did before, 
You're not listening. We need to be listening to what God tells us. If we are wanting to be the people that God created us to be, if we are, are wanting to, to be or fulfill the purpose that God has put in our lives, if we are wanting to, to live out this Christian life, we need to be listening to what God is trying to tell us. And like I said at the beginning, a lot of the times when we aren't listening to what Jesus is telling us, we are left with scars in our lives. And when we get scars, it's hard to recover from them. Most of us in this room have some sort of scar. Something that happened in our lives when we went off the path that Jesus has for us and we were hurt. Some of us, it was really, really bad. And you have a hard time connecting with Jesus or coming back to church or being a part of a church because you were hurt. Because that scar is there. Jesus can heal those scars. But we need to be listening to him. You know, I wrote down several scriptures here that we often hear on a continual basis, but I want to ask you, do you really believe these or are you just hearing them? The first one I have is we hold on to our sins and we punish ourselves because of them. Many of us in this room do that. When we sin, when we struggle, we hold on to our sins. We allow the shame and the guilt to beat us down. We don't allow ourselves to move beyond the sin and the struggles that we've had in our past, and we hold it against ourselves. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that way we could hold on to the sins. He died so we could let go of them. It says this in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Cast off the sin. This, this verse is saying, get rid of that sin. Allow yourself to be able to run the race that God has set before you. Because if you are continuing to hold on to the weight of that sin and that struggle, it's going to be hard to run. Get the sin off and allow your eyes to be focused on Jesus, the perfecter of our faith. Do we listen to that verse? Do we really cast off the sin? Do we push it aside? Do we, do we get it off of our shoulders? Do we allow the chain or do we allow the chains to continue to hold us back and not allow us to run? Where are you with that? Stop allowing that sin to weigh you down. Stop allowing that sin to hold you back from what God is calling you to do and who God wants you to be. That shame, that guilt is not for you to hold on to. But at the same time, we often hold on to unforgiveness and feel it is justified. 
We want to receive the forgiveness of Jesus within our lives, but then at the same time, we don't want to forgive other people. The Bible is very clear on this one. It says in Matthew chapter 6, 14 through 15, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's heavy. I know, and I'm not saying that it's easy to forgive because it's not easy to forgive the way that we struggle or, or things in our past. But when we can recognize that, hey, if we are holding on to the things that where we, where we aren't forgiving others, it says that our Heavenly Father won't forgive us. Not forgiving people is another weight that we're allowing to hold on to us. That's another chain that we have when we aren't allowing forgiveness to come out. And I know it takes time to process. It takes time to get to a place to forgive things that happened in your life. But begin to pray about it. Begin to put it in Jesus' hands. Allow him to, to fill you with the spirit and give you the strength to be able to do that so you don't have to hold on to it anymore. Jesus has forgiveness that is waiting for you. Sometimes in life, we continually to purposefully sin and think, oh, I'm forgiven. When we get into that, that thing, we hear the whole thing of, hey, I can continue to, or Jesus has forgiven me, so I can continue to do this because I am forgiven. But the Bible is very clear with that. In James chapter 1, 14 through 16, it says, But each person is tempted, and when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And I love this. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. If we continue to live our lives in a way where we continue to allow our temptations to entice us, to pull us into sin, it says that when we continue to go down that road and the sin continues to keep pulling us, it is a road to death. When we come to Jesus and recognize that he has forgiven him, we don't have to live our lives in that way, and we certainly do not want to abuse what Jesus did for us. If this is an area that you struggle with, I challenge you, really begin to meditate on what Jesus did for you. The fact that he sacrificed and his blood was spilled out for us. Let that sink in as to how much he really loves each and every one of us in this room. We can easily look at ourselves with disgust or feel that we are nothing. I'm sure some people in this room have struggled with that, insecurities in life, feeling that you're nothing, feeling that your life isn't worth anything. That's something that, you know, a lot of us have struggled with at some point in time. Maybe it's right now, but this is, this is what the psalm says in 139. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. 
And then it goes on into that chapter to, to really talk about how God knitted us together and put us together so carefully. There is worth in you because God of the universe took time to create you. For you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The enemy is always going to try to tell you that you are not worth it. But Jesus is saying the opposite. Don't allow the enemy to sink in and tell you that you are nothing in this life. Because if God took the time to create you, then there's a reason for you to be here. I want you guys to hear these things because these are verses that we hear all of the time. But let's really listen to what is trying to be communicated in these verses. We can think that we are not good enough to answer the call in our lives. To take that a step further, it's not just that maybe we're insecure about ourselves or we, don't, we think that we're nothing, but maybe we think that, hey, I can't do what God has called me to do because of, of who I am. You're holding off on the purpose and the calling that God has on your life. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are God's workmanship that he created us. Like I said, he knitted us together. He put all of the parts of us together, every part of our personality, every part of the way that we think, how nerdy we are, how, how, how non-nerdy we are, whatever your traits are within your life. God put you together that way for a reason. There is a calling and a plan for your life, and maybe you're not walking in it, but it's time. You don't need to be holding back and thinking that you're not good enough or your past has weighed you down. Again, Jesus has forgiven your past and he is ready to see you enter into the calling that you have on your life. I think this is a big one. We allow fear and anxiety to take over when it comes to finances or needs in our lives. This is a huge one. I think that most of us in this room have had a some point in time in life where we're like, I got to do everything that I can. I got to do everything. I got to not go to church. I got to not be involved in the scriptures. I got to do all of these things to work and work and work and work. But God is saying to us that he is our provider, right? God is our provider. And I love how Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, 26. It says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Are you not more valuable than the, the birds that we see flying in the sky? Are you not more valuable than the, sea, than the animals that we see roaming the earth? Are you not more valuable than the fish that are in the sea? But yet they survive. God provides for them. God gives them the food and the nourishment that they need so we can rely and know that God is our provider, that God loves us, that God values us, that God wants to take care of our needs.
We have a God that loves us and does not want us to live a life in, in anxiety and struggle and thinking about what is tomorrow going to be. God loves us. God is our provider. God sees the needs that you have. He sees the struggles that you are in right now. Put it in his hands. Give it over to Jesus. If we really believe that God hears our prayers, I think we would spend more time praying. Prayer always seems to be a last-ditch effort for most of us. That when it gets to the point where things are really, really bad, that's when we begin to pray. But if we really believe that the God of the universe was like listening, then I think that we would spend a lot more time talking to him. If we really believe that the God of the universe, his ear was turned towards us to listen to our prayers, we would talk to him more, recognizing that nothing is impossible for our God. But yet we wait until we're at the end of the line or we're struggling or we're, or we're just in a really bad place. That is not the only time we can talk to him. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that have been asked of him. It's assuring us that God hears us when we go to him, when we are praying within his will that, we ha that he has for our lives. When we are praying within his will, he hears our prayers and we can live in confidence knowing that the God of the universe hears our prayers. Prayer is so valuable within our lives as Christians. Prayer is so valuable in our walk with Jesus If we really, really believe that God was listening to us, we would spend a lot more time praying. One final thing I want to challenge us to, to think about. There are so many things in life that we think that we cannot do. But it says this in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. He said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have the faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move, and nothing will be impossible for you. I think this is one of the verses in the Bible that we hear so frequently, but we just don't believe it. Because if the church and we as individuals really believe this, we would see a lot more things happening. We would begin to see incredible things to begin to happen within the church when we pray for people, when we are, are out there sharing the gospel, when we are out there are doing what God has called us to, if we really believed that faith that small could grow into something incredible, I think when we believe that things would be just different, things would be changed. I want to close out with this as, as the band makes their way to the front. 
Last week we talked about the resurrection. I want you guys to hear this. Jesus proves that we can trust his word through his resurrection. That Jesus said that he was going to be resurrected from the dead. And he did it. Jesus told his disciples, after three days, I will be raised from the dead. And he's alive today. We couldn't trust his words if he was dead today. We couldn't trust the words of Jesus if he didn't come out of that grave. We couldn't trust the, what all of the things and all of the promises that the Bible shares with us if Jesus did not raise from the dead. If Jesus, did not be, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, we would still have to carry the weight of our sins. If Jesus did not raise from the dead, then we would still have to fear whether we're going to heaven or hell when we die. But because Jesus raised from the dead, showing that he is the truth, that he is the real Messiah, that he is the Savior of the world, we can believe his words. This morning, I challenge you that when you read your Bible... To believe what it says. Believe what it says about you. Believe what it says about Jesus. Believe what it says about our God. Believe what it says about the miracles that were performed. Believe that the Holy Spirit is within us. Believe that we can go and change the world with Jesus on our side. Jesus is the living word of God. When we pick up our Bibles and we are reading our Bibles, we are having relationship with Jesus. John chapter 1 starts with this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was nothing, anything made that was made. Every time, that always trips me up trying to say that but then when you go to 14 it says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory of the only son from the father full of grace and truth Jesus is the living word of God and when we are reading our word he is communicating to you Jesus wants to talk to you. Jesus wants to have conversation with you. I implore you, get into your words if you're not reading your word. Get into times of prayer because God is listening. He's waiting to listen. As Christ followers, we need to listen and believe his words. And when we allow that to sink in, life will change. Jesus is waiting. Let's spend some time with him. Father God, I want to thank you for today. Lord, I thank you that you are not dead, but you are alive. 
that you are alive in us, that you are alive in your word. God, that you have not left us, that you have not abandoned us, but you have given us your word to speak to us, to guide us in this thing that we call life. Lord, that you are with us, that you sent your Holy Spirit to help us to to understand your word. I pray that we would just stop hearing your word, but Lord, that we would really listen and begin to apply it to our lives, recognizing that it is truth. God, that you have so much more for us than where we are right now. And God, you are waiting us to begin to to step into the destiny and the plan that you have for us. Lord, I pray that we would no longer hold back because of fear, because of anxiety or disbelief. But Lord, that we would fully believe and recognize that you love us, that you created us for a plan and a purpose. And Lord, that you have forgiven us and we do not have to hold on to that weight anymore. God, let us all run the race that you have set before us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.